Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. All right, I'm so glad that you are here today, and uh, we're going to be having a great time together. Um, so as we, uh, as we get started, um, let me know that you are with us. We want to uh, we want to go ahead and and uh, say hello to one another. And uh, we are a community here, so we are very glad that you're here. And uh, I'm talking today about signs and signs of a uh, healthy church. In fact, I'm remembering back when I used to work for uh, at fast food places. I'd be the guy that'd have to go out and sort through all this the the letters and uh, put up the signs. And, uh, you know, it is funny to have a, a funny sign that will attract a little bit of attention. But um, at the same time, uh, we're looking at real signs. I'm talking about the real signs of what is a real, healthy, alive church today. What does that look like? And the fact is, I am all about the church. I love the church. I've committed my life to the church. And I know that may sound crazy to some people because the church today, uh, a lot of people are walking away from the church. A lot of people outside of the church look at the church. They don't get it. They don't understand it. And they say the church is irrelevant and out of touch and all kinds of bad things that they would say about the church. And even though I know that the church is far from perfect, and the church has its problems. I'm talking about the, the church at large in the U.S., in the United States, in the world, okay? God created the church. The church is, is God's idea. Jesus loves the church, and he gave his life for the church. And I personally believe, and I know, that the church is the greatest thing going on the planet uh, ever, and and it's the most beautiful thing uh, ever when it's functioning as God designed it to function. And so how do we know how God designed the church to function? Well, uh, there's a clear picture of the church at its best in Acts chapter 2. And here we see a clear picture of the church. Do you remember the, the little hand a song that you learned as a as a kid that says here is the church here's the steeple open the doors and here's all the people right we learned that i also learned it this other way that goes here's the church here's the steeple open the doors and where's all the people and sometimes the church today 
is like that. The church is should be totally overflowing and packed and full, but why aren't they? Well, the issue is not how big a church is or how small a church is. The issue is how healthy is the church. And a healthy church is an alive church. A healthy church is one that is functioning like God designed it to function. And the church is the body of Christ. It's the presence of the Lord Jesus in our world today. It's the people of God. See, after Jesus rose again, he told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to fall on you. And then bam, the Holy Spirit falls on the lives of the believers as tongues of fire. And during Pentecost, as we've seen, the Jews from around the world were there in Jerusalem and they all these Jewish people, they spoke different languages because they were from different places. And suddenly all of these Christ followers, these disciples and believers, they go out among the people and they start speaking to them in the languages that they understood. And then this got their attention, but then Peter stepped up and he preached this powerful sermon that we've looked at the past couple of weeks. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, we're going to be looking at two, chapter 2, verse 41 through 47 today. So if you have your Bible, turn there and also uh, grab something to write with because we got some good stuff today. And in Acts 2, 41, it says, those who accepted Peter's message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day explosive growth that day. One way to remember what happened is Jesus went up, the Holy Spirit came down, the disciples went out, and the lost came in. New believers were were uh, born that day, born again that day. And that's the story of the church. And I want us to see six uh, signs today of uh, what is so incredible about the church, why I love the church so much, and what makes a healthy church. And the first the first sign is this. A healthy church is committed to the truth of the Bible. That is the foundation. Notice that those who entered the church in verse 41, the way they came into the church was they accepted and they received the gospel. They received Peter's message. Now, not, not everyone who heard it that day believed it. But those who did, they responded, they believed the gospel. What does it mean to accept God's word? It's more than just hearing and letting it go into your ear holes. I remember, you know, myself sitting in church when I was a kid and as the service was going on and the pastor, you know, it sounded to me like wah, 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 and I was counting the ceiling tiles and I wasn't zoned in to what was happening. Listen, that's not what it's about. It's not about just sitting and getting it by osmosis. It's about getting it into your life, processing it and internalizing it. To receive it means that you're opening up your heart, opening up your mind, and you're wanting to hear it. And you're, you're, you, you don't just read it, but you need it. And, and you're understanding the truth. And then you're applying it to your life. You, you want to learn to see the world through 
biblical lenses, through a biblical worldview. And then in verse 42, it also says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were committed to the truth of the Bible. What did the apostles teach? They taught the word of God. And this is the most fundamental mark of a healthy, true church. A church is a group of people who have received the word of God. And the word of God is not human philosophy. It's not religion. It is God's written, revealed, holy word that reveals God to the world. And uh, as followers of Jesus, we are people of the book. Just like those first Christians who were devoted to this truth, they were committed to it. The Bible is our guide for holy living. It's always relevant. It's always true. It is unchanging. It is alive. It is active. And uh, it is a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. And it is God's love letter to us. When I'm talking about the Bible, I'm saying you can spend your life getting into this book, but it's not just about knowing it. It's about doing it. It's about putting it into practice. And the Bible is not just written for our information, though it's full of information. We should know the information. It is about our life transformation. We need to know God's word. We need to be rooted in God's word to keep us from steering off course in our life and to keep us from being blown around and deceived by false teachers because there's a lot of that that's out there today. So as we read God's word, we study God's word, and in the church, as we come together, it's just a great place to come together and hear the word of God being taught by people, by those who have studied God's word, they've been gifted, to understand God's word and to teach it in a way that makes it understandable. And listen, as as uh, the the as a preacher, as a pastor, as one who's presenting the word of God, listen, this should be the most exciting message uh, on the planet because we know that this is a life changing message, and we have the most powerful message on the planet. So it should be presented in a powerful way, in an interesting way that engages people and challenges people to grow in their walk with God. So that is being people of the book, being committed to the truth of God's word. And then also a healthy church is committed to each other. The church isn't just another club. It's not just an organization. The Bible says that we are a family and a family sticks together. So in Acts 2.42, it says they devoted themselves to fellowship. They were committed. This is loyalty, and loyalty is so uh, hard to come by these days. Loyalty is a rare commodity because in our culture today, we have commitment issues. People aren't loyal anymore to a job, to relationships, to marriages, to a particular area or community, and very few people are loyal when it comes to the church. And sometimes people actually come into our church, they check it out, and they say, we just want you to know, we're just here to church shop. We're church shoppers. <laughs> you mean our consumeristic culture extends to the way that we approach a church, where we think, what's in it for me? Do they serve 
donuts here? Is it convenient? Is it comfortable? That's certainly not the way the early church approached it. And I'm so thankful that our church, we have many people who are super committed. They are loyal to a fault and they've stuck with it through thick and thin. That's when you grow the most. You grow the most through struggles, sometimes through conflict, sometimes through being challenged. And that's where the growth comes. And you stick with people and you don't run away at the first sign of problems. Because when you run away, instead of working through it, you end up taking half the problem with you. I can't tell you how many people have left uh, to go to another church and only to find out that eventually they're moving out of the church altogether. So you got to crash through the quitting points. Most of us bail out right before the breakthrough comes. And I love it that I that there are so many loyal people who are loyal and committed to the church and people who are committed to it. They recommend it. They commend it. But if you're going to recommend it, you're also going to have to defend it because the devil wants to destroy what God is doing. The way that we stay united with each other is by uniting around something tangible, something solid. What do we have in common? We have the same Holy Spirit living in us. We have the same gospel from the same word of God. Some people say this today. I've heard people say, um, they say, I want to be a Christian, but I don't want to be a part of any local church. I don't want to be committed to a church. Well, that's like saying, I want to be a part of the NFL, but I don't want to join a team. Or I want to be a soldier, but I don't want to join the armed forces. Or I want to play the tuba, but I don't want to join a band or an orchestra. Listen, nobody wants to hear you just play the tuba on your own. You know, good luck with that. Listen, we've got to be a part. To be a Christian means to be a part of a family. And the first church had real fellowship. Verse 44 says, all the believers were together. They had everything in common. Verse 46, they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Listen, being together doesn't just mean that they were in the same location, that they were in the same place. They were together in their purpose and their hearts and their minds. And, and today, I think people are desperately looking for that kind of connection, but you cannot find that anywhere else in our culture outside of the church. You know, in our culture, we focus so much on the rugged individual and you, you know, that, that you're do, you got to make it on your own. Listen, you, you if you do that, you miss the power of community. In reality, nobody makes it on their own. We need each other. Then the third sign of a healthy, alive church is that a healthy church is committed to worship. In verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to prayer. What is that about? Well, breaking of bread is talking about that example that Jesus set in the Lord's Supper, communion, and they were also, which is a way to worship. And prayer is worship. It's talking to God and listening to God. And there are more examples of this in verse 46. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And verse 47 says they were praising God. There was worship happening. And we were created 
to worship. You and I were made to worship and hardwired to worship. And listen, if we're not worshiping the true God, the way we were created, then we're always going to find sheep substitutes that are false gods. That's why there's something so powerful about worshiping together. And we love to worship. We worship, and it's confusing because worship, we think of music. And you know, it is music, but it's more than that. We worship by reading and hearing the word of God. We worship in the way that we uh, give generously. We worship by praying. But what we really need to understand about worship is that worship is bigger than all that. You can't confine worship to a one-hour you know, planned service. Worship is a lifestyle. It's 24-7, 365 days a year. And uh, I, you notice that, that these early believers, they met together in the temple courts. That's like going to a church worship service. But then they also met in homes. That's why we have, at our church, we have connection groups, but that is the small group. So you got the large group experience, you got the small groups, that's the way they did it back then, and that's the way we do it today. And then fourth, the fourth sign is that a healthy church is committed to generosity. In verse 45, it says, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Now, some people mistakenly say, well, this is like, socialism, or this is like a Christian commune or communism. No, because socialism and communism are, afford, are forced and enforced by the government. This was uh, Christian generosity. This was voluntary. And, you know, if we did what they did, if we lived that way today, listen, churches would never have to have giving campaigns because our attitude would always be, what's the need let me meet that need. The early Christians got it, but we struggle with that today. Think of how much more blessed we are in terms of finances today. So much more. But we have this attitude, the more we have, the more we want, and the more we are attached to the stuff of this world. We think, what's mine is mine, and I'm going to use it for me. Did you know the reality is, in, in the church today, 20% of the people give 80% of the resources, okay? That's a very small percentage that are kind of carrying everything, but those people would also tell you they're the most blessed because when we live generously, we know God pours out so much blessing in our lives, not just financially, but in many other ways that God blesses generous living. And God has personally blessed me so much that it's beyond my imagination. I mean, it's it's impossible to describe. Generous people are happy, satisfied people. And the quickest path to growing spiritually is to learn to be generous. Because Jesus says, our heart follows our money. Wherever we're putting our money, that's where our heart is. And when you pour your resources into the kingdom of God, that's what you're going to care about the most. And when I bring what God has given me, it breaks the grip of greed on my life. It meets needs in people's lives. It's a way that I can worship God with what he's given me, and it furthers, expands God's kingdom. And so that is a sign of a healthy church, that we're growing in our generosity. A fifth sign of a healthy church is this. A healthy church 
is committed to serving. Uh, Verse 43 says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And people were in awe of what the apostles were up to. Not just what they were saying, but not just their message, but they were out ministering and helping and healing and making a difference. Listen, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You've got to show it by the way you live it, and we've got to get our hands dirty. And here's what you need to know today. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are a minister. You may not be a pastor, but you have a ministry. God has given, he has certain things he's created you to do to make a difference, and he's gifted you and enabled you. He's given you those abilities to get it done. You have something to bring to the table, and no one in the church is supposed to sit on the sidelines. No Christian is supposed to just watch as a spectator. Uh, What God has called us to do is so big that it takes every single Christian to make it happen. And when you serve, you end up getting the blessing in return. You get more than you give. That's how God's economy always works. And the church should always be known. Like the church, people outside of the church should see These are people who are making a difference in the world and in the community. We give ourselves away to our community. And a lot of people, you know, in our world, uh, there's a lot of poverty, but there's a lot of prosperity that we think, oh, those people don't have real needs, but they do. Everybody's got needs, spiritual, emotional needs. So we need to find those needs and we need to meet those needs in our own neighborhood, you know, who is it that lives across the street from you? Who are your neighbors? Look for opportunities to serve people, whether it's mowing their lawn, taking them food, uh, watching the kids. Uh, this weekend, I just had gotten home from um, from camping. We went camping this weekend, and I unloaded the car, and I saw my neighbor two doors down. He had these huge <laughs> piles of uh, rock and dirt, and he was out there with a wheelbarrow and a shovel, and he's trying to move them to his backyard. And I just thought, I can't just go inside and not go over and lend him a hand. And so I did that for a while. It was hot, it was heavy, um, but you know, it was also rewarding in a way to serve. And even if it's just a simple act of kindness, just imagine if everyone who is hearing this today and hears this on the the podcast, if everyone just found a way to find a person and go out and serve someone, it would change the, the neighborhood. It would change the community. The sixth sign of a healthy church is that a healthy church is committed to reaching. This is my heartbeat. This is my passion. Verse 47 ends with this. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. What does that mean? Well, at minimum, that's 365 new believers a year. I think that is a a goal for churches to say, are we reaching somebody every single day? Because things that are alive, they naturally grow. And when a church is alive and healthy, it's going to be effective 
It's a natural byproduct of all these other things. When we're doing all of these other things that we've talked about, these other signs, then the natural byproduct is going to be that we are reaching people with the good news of Jesus. And the difference between a church that is alive or dead is, are you uh, reaching people? You know, a healthy um, families, they reproduce. Healthy Christians reproduce. And that is the core issue. Because apart from Jesus, people are lost and they're headed for an eternity without Christ. And we exist so that people will have the best chance to know Jesus. And that's what drives my life. And I have to ask this question, how many people am I impacting with the gospel? And there's a simple way to do it, you know, to share what God is doing in your life. Look for those open doors of conversation. Um, Listen to people, get to know your neighbors, get to know people, look people in the eye. And then you can invite them to church where they can hear the gospel or you can share the gospel personally. And you don't have to know all the answers. You know, you can just say, here's what Jesus did for me. Studies have shown that 82% of the unchurched are at least somewhat likely to attend church if they're invited. That's more than eight out of 10 of unchurched people said they would come to church if they were invited. In fact, people are more willing to respond many times than we are to go and tell. And we started off this passage looking at verse 41. I want to circle back to that. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000 people on that first day. What does that mean? That means somebody took the time to count those new believers, those new Christians, and then they baptized them as a picture of the change that Jesus made in their lives. And there was no waiting period to baptize them. They're just like, hey, let's baptize you. You've come to Christ. You're a new believer. And you know, there are some people out there who just say, I don't like big churches. Well, the first church sounds like a pretty big church to me. It was explosive growth in one day. People were being saved. Lives were being changed. And that is the picture of a healthy church. And that can happen. That same thing that happened back then is still possible today when we go all in on God's purpose and go all in for the local church, go all in for Jesus. That's a picture of what the church can look like and should look like. And let me tell you again, there's nothing else as beautiful and amazing on the planet as the local church when it's functioning in the way that God planned for us to function. And this should be the norm for churches. That's the way it was in Jerusalem when the church started. And the reason they were so effective is they were living in real, authentic, biblical community. Someone said this, it was uh, Moody actually, who said, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. And he said, by God's help, I aim to be that man. And the same thing is true for the church. The world has yet to see what God can do with a church that is fully committed to him. And by God's help, we aim to be that church. 
That is truly awesome. So what do you do? How do you respond? Well, you say, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines. I'm not just going to watch what God is doing, but I'm going to be a part of it because I'm going to commit myself to God's purpose and God's church and God's people and God's kingdom to Jesus Christ. That is my commitment today. So I hope you're motivated. I hope you're excited as I am about the the local church and the potential of the church and uh, that you will recommit yourself today to the church and to its purposes in our world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the church, God, and we pray for the health of the church. We, we pray for the effectiveness of the church, the resources of the church, the vision of the church today, and the people of the church in our world today. God, that the church would rise up and would be a force for good and for life change in our world. Thank you for all the faithful churches that are out there ministering today and the pastors and the leaders that are staying faithful and true to your word. And God, we just pray that um, that you empower us to be the church that you've called us to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have a great rest of the week. We look forward to seeing you really soon. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast. Connect podcast.